Hi everybody, um, I just wanted to say a few pieces on the Haggadah. We were hoping to say this a bit earlier, but it's a little late. But just a few tidbits that people asked me, so we'll just say a few little things on the Haggadah. So if anybody wants to say, they'll have stuff to say about the Seder. So one thing we'll say on, it says here, we say the Rasha. What does the Rasha say? So now there's different um, uh, approaches that, because in Judaism we don't like to label Oh, so someone's a Chacham, someone's a Rasha, someone's a Tam, Shanei Dedeshon. What's going on here? So Rav Aaron Salavechik used to say this shot. He said that the four sons are not really four different people. It's all the same person. It's all us. We're all the four sons. It's just four different stages of development. When we're born, we don't know anything. The first couple of years of our life, we don't know anything. We just, we don't know how to ask. We're so dependent on others. We don't know anything. Then we move on to the next stage in our life. We become a toddler. Toddlers, everyone knows that toddlers, all they do is ask questions. What's this? What's that? What's this? What's every two seconds, another question. That's like the Tom, simple one. He doesn't know anything. He's innocent. He just asks. He just says, oh, mazot, what is this? He doesn't know. Then... We reach our teenage years when we're sort of rebellious. We're that rebellious son. Teenage rebel years. And we become like the Rasha. Then eventually we get wiser as we get older. And we all become Chachamim. But a novel approach I've seen this year in Emmanuel Bernstein's Haggadah. In the Haggadah of Emmanuel Bernstein. He asks a question. Everyone knows that we tell the Rasha. We tell him that, oh, if you were there, you wouldn't have got redeemed. That Baal Agadah says, knock out his teeth. What's going on over there? Ask Sir Emmanuel Bernstein, that doesn't make sense. That, and the reason it doesn't bother us that this is such a hard, harsh response is because everyone's thinking that, no, this is somebody else's kid. My kid wouldn't be like this. It's my neighbor's child. He says, however, we must remember that this is the response that the Haggadah instructs the child's own father to give him. So if your kids are Ashai, this is what you have to answer him. How can a father be so abrupt and condemning to his child? How could you answer him so harshly? Doesn't the father have an obligation to at least try to encourage his child to be a little better? How can you answer him like this? Says Emmanuel Bernstein, a yesod. He says one of the yesodot that we always have to know is, one of the yesodot of raising children, he says, is that you should never think, even if your kid's a rebel, you should never think that, oh, he's a rasha. He's such a bad person. No, you should think that it's just the Yetzirah. It's just this bad trait that's affecting him. But really, deep down, he's an amazing person. He's no rasha. And says Emmanuel Bernstein, that's exactly what the Balagadah is saying. It's just a trait. But he himself is inherently a good person. The bad behavior you have to look at is just a product of other factors, such as, such as an exposure to bad influences. He says like this, and that's exactly what we're telling him. In this regard, he says, the teeth are used by the Chachamim as a representation of the speech of a human being. When you're told, what are we told? What is the father told? The father's told, Haketshinav, before, the, the son's asking a sort of rude question. What should a father do? Knock out his teeth. His teeth are basically corresponding to these words. He's saying these bad words. Take these words out of his mouth. 
Make sure these words are not said by him anymore. Take them out before they get ingested into him. Take away the bad influences. Take away the bad factors. You, the parent, are responsible to fix up the problems around him, the influences. These bad words, take them away. Don't let them be a part of him. Don't let them them swallow it. Take away his teeth. Take away this speech. Take away these bad things. And in that way, you'll be helping him. So actually, the Balagada is saying, in a way, a good thing. And that's why, also, says Emmanuel Bernstein, why, what do we tell? We tell him something a little rough. We tell him, if you were there, you would not have been redeemed. But we don't say it, if you look at the exact language in the Haggadah, the language of the Haggadah is, if he was there, right, he would not have been redeemed. Says Emmanuel Bernstein, the exact grammar should have been, we're talking to him right now, we should say, if you were there, you wouldn't have been redeemed. What's if he was there, like a third person? If you were there. Says Emmanuel Bernstein, because this is what we're telling him. We're telling him that you're pure, you're good. It was just this bad trait. And this bad trait is not you. You know in the Gemara, whenever the Gemara wants to say, um, someone's like a bad person, when the Gemara wants to say, like something negative about someone, the Gemara always says, Ahu Gavra. That person. Because it's really not you that's doing it. It's some outside force. It's not really you. When the Gemara wants to say something good about someone, someone's describing something good about themselves in the Gemara, they say, Ana, me. But when they want to say something bad, no one says, Ana. They say, Ahu Gavra. That person. Same thing over here. We're saying, the Rasha saying, we're talking to the Rasha, Ilu Hayasham. If that person was there, meaning if you, the, the Rasha, but it's not really you, because you're good. We're going to take out your teeth before they can get absorbed in you. And that's the amazing answer that we give the Rasha. And just to move on into another thing, we go on, we say, In the beginning, our forefathers were of the Avodah Zarah. Just a cute short part. The last one was a little long. A short one here we say, it's a Hasidish art here, brought from the Be'er Chaim, from the Slanmarov. He says like this, In life, you always have to be thinking about moving forward. You can never get stuck, and especially for all the times that we're living in now, tough times, you always have to think about moving forward. If you're thinking, says the Barachaim, if you're thinking Metichila, you're thinking about going backwards, you're thinking Metichila, oh, what happened in the past? Over the Avodah Zarah. That is Avodah Zarah. But if you're thinking, Akshav, now is a new day, let me move forward. Then God will bring you closer to His work. Always think about going forward. Never think Metichila. Always think Akshav. Always look to the future. And says the Be'erachayim, that is also what the Malach was telling Lot. You messed up. He was telling Lot and his wife, you guys messed up. You lived in, you lived in a bad area. You lived in an area where Sodom was a bad influence on you. You chose this area that was bad. Never look behind. Don't look behind, they told him. As the city was burning, they said, just keep walking forward. Don't look behind. Because you don't want to look at your past. And what did his wife do? His wife looked back. She looked back at the past. What did she turn into? Salt. Salt is immovable. It was became a rock, a salt rock, because salt is the rock is not doesn't move. The teller, you look back, you're stuck now in your place. You couldn't move forward. You will become something that doesn't move forward, and that's the lesson. 
And he brings a story when a Yochanan Rosh Lakish one time they were walking, he brings from the Yerushalmi here in Pe'ah, they were once walking in the street and they were going to, uh, to, the, to, the, to bathe in the waters of Tiberia. On their way, a poor person meets them. And the poor person meets them. The poor person says, can you please give me some money so I can, uh, I have no money to survive. They say, okay, let us go ba- bathe in the waters and we'll come back up and we'll give you. In the meantime, the Ani, from just hunger, passes away, dies, and he's on the road. They come out, out, of, the, out of the waters, after the, out, of, out of the shower house. They come out, and now they see the Ani on the floor. Now, what would our, be our reaction? We would be freaking out, we'd be blaming ourselves, we'd be depressed. What does the Gemara say, Rabbi Yochanan Rashakish said? They said, okay, we messed up, we couldn't help him in his life, let's help him get a proper burial in his death. Let's at least help him in death. Give him a proper burial. The, the, the attitude always has to be looking forward, never looking back. And that's why the Gemara goes on to say over there that they started burying him and they saw all that money in his pocket. And the lesson that Gemara says to Be'er Chaim is always look forward. When you look, when you look forward and you move forward, you will always, always see positive things happen. They saw... That when they buried him, they saw in his pockets was full of money. And really, the guy had money. He just wasn't spending the money for whatever reason. So imagine they didn't do that. They'd have been all depressed. Oh my God, we killed the guy. The lesson is, don't be a metichila. That's over avodazara. Be achshav. And achshav kervanu amakom l'avodato. And just another piece here from Rib Sachs. From Jonathan Sachs, who it's in his year of, uh, it's the year of his uh, Petira. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says like this. He says, we know, we say that Lavan, and we go to Bil'am, uh, Lavan and, uh, sorry, Lavan versus uh, Paro, we say Lavan was even worse. Now, first of all, even before we get to Rabbi Sachs, are we really trying to praise Lavan here? Like, oh, what's going on here? We're trying to, sorry, we're trying to make... The whole theme is Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And now suddenly we're trying to say, Oh, you thought Paro was bad? No, Lavan was much worse. Is that really what we're trying to do here? That doesn't make any sense. The whole point is to bash Paro. What's going on over here? Explains Chacham Ovadiah and his Haggadah. There was already a promise in the olden days, which Paro knew about, that there's no way you could get rid of all of Bnei Israel. You want to get rid of them? You can only get rid of part of them. And that was his plan. His plan was to get rid of part of Bnei Israel to the, the men and then to marry the woman. And really you would never have wiped out Bnei Israel then because the women were still there and you would have married the woman and then Bnei Israel would have kept on going. It would have been an Egyptian Jews which wasn't, which wasn't what Hashem wanted. They wanted to intermingle with us. Says, says Chacham Ovadiah, Lavan's plan, there was no way it was ever going to work. Lavan thought, yeah, we're by, by saying this, that Lavan wanted to get rid of everybody, we're really saying that Paro is much worse than Lavan. Because Paro had a plan that actually made sense. Lavan's plan made no sense. So it was, it was irrelevant. So we're trying to say Lavan, the authority was really bad. But his plan was irrelevant. Paro, whose plan made sense, he was the one who didn't want to destroy everybody. But he was worse than the fact that they didn't want to destroy everybody because then he made him very dangerous. And now let's go on to Reb Sachs. Reb Sachs says here, again, he says really if you look at it, you can't really find where did Lavan want to destroy everybody. Like, 
straight out in the Torah, it's tough to tell where do you want to destroy. Like, when was he coming to kill Yaakov, to kill everybody? He would have killed his own children? When, where exactly is this that uh, um, Lavan wanted to kill everybody? That he wanted to kill all of B'nai Israel? It brings from her fervor. The following, he first brings a mashal. He said, the sun and the wind were once arguing. They're arguing, who's stronger? The sun said, I'm stronger because I give light and I give warmth to the whole world. The wind said, I'm stronger because nothing can stand in my way. I could blow anything off. Suddenly they see a farmer plowing his field. So the sun said to the wind, you know what? We'll decide this one who's stronger. Whoever could get this farmer to take off his coat that he's wearing will be stronger. The wind tried. He was blowing and blowing and blowing. But as he was blowing, the more he was blowing, the farmer kept on putting on his coat even tighter. The sun said, I got this. The sun took off. The sun took out its case and made it so hot that the farmer just had to take off his coat. Warmth is more powerful than the wind. Says Rabbi Sachs, there were two approaches. Paro wasn't interested in being our friend. He wanted to beat us to death. And throughout history, you've had so many situations where you've been persecuted by pogroms, holocausts, tachvetat, libels. And in all those situations, we stood, we stood steadfast. And we didn't let anybody stand up against us. Because we knew that we're the Jews and we got to stand strong. When they come up against you as an enemy, we stand very strong against them. The, the scary part is when, when they want to be your family. Lavan didn't want to kill anybody. He wanted to be our family. He wanted to, yeah, you married me. Let me come, let's all live together. Let's be friends. That's a very dangerous approach. And if we see what happened in the past 75, 80 years, how many people have assimilated and intermarried because the danger is when they act like the sun and not like the wind. And he ends off here. Says Rabbi Sachs in his words, do not think that the story of Pesach ends with the Exodus. Don't think with Galut, that's where it ends. It only begins there. It is one thing to believe in Hashem when you need His help. It is another when you have already received it. We've already received it. Everything's fine. The goyim are good with us. No less than slavery. The feeling that we have everything, that can make us forget who we are and why. And we'll say a few, a few classics. Vehishamda. When we pick up the kos, by Vehishamda, we pick up the cup of wine. Why do we pick up the cup of wine? Famous explanation given is because the cup of wine, the he, this cup of wine is what has separated us from the goyim. Because we know there's halakha that you cannot have wine of goyim. And why can't we have this wine of goyim? So it's a far-fetched halakha. The halakha is, oh, because we may come to intermarry with the goyim. Right? It's a takana from the Rabbanan. It seems a little strange. So we explain, Vehi, this cup of wine, this cup of wine that we're holding right now, that is what's prevented us by listening to the Rabbanan, listening to the Rabbanim. Vehi, this cup of wine that we're picking up now, by listening to them and not having goyim, Goyim's wine, that's Shamdalamalavatinu. That's what's kept us separate and kept us stronger. By listening to the rabbis, that's what's kept us straight, strong, away from the Goyim. 
Another explanation is given Vehi. How do you spell Vehi? Vav, He, Yud, Aleph. That's Vav is for Shisha Sidre Mishnah. He is for Chamishachum Sheh Torah. Yud is for Aser Tadibrot. Aleph is for Echad, believing in Hashem only one. All that together, Vehi Shamda, all the Torah together, that is what stood, made us strong to prevent us from assimilating with the Goyim. And our final explanation for Vehi Shamda, we say, Shelo Echad Bilvad, That not only the literal explanation means that not just has one person, meaning Parol, come to destroy us, every single generation they come to destroy us. And God saves us. But another explanation that can be given is the fact that we're not echad, we're not unified. Us not being echad, us not being unified as a nation, us not being bilvad. that alone is what helps our nations destroy us. If we are if we get along together, there's nothing that can prevent anybody from doing anything to us. Nothing, can, nobody can do anything to the Jews. It's only when we're not echad. That's what Amad Alin al That's what helps people destroy us. Otherwise, they have no power against us. And I just want to end off just adding on to that piece that we said about the Rasha. That really, he's fine. He's a, he's a Hayai, he's somebody else. He's a Ha'ugavra. He's somebody else. But you need to make sure he's good. And that's how we end off. And also, we know the famous Gematria of Rasha is what? Resh is 2. Shin is 3. 200 plus 300 is 500. Ayin is 70. 570. Rasha is the Gematria of 570. The gematria of teeth, shinav, right? The gematria of, of uh, give me a second here. The gematria of tzaddik, right, is 204. Tzadi is 90. Dalit is 4. Yud 10. Kuf 100. 204 the gematria. Shinav gematria is 366. You take away the shinav. Take away the 366 for the 570. What's the Gematria now? 204. You knock out the teeth. You knock out the bad influences off this Rasha. Then he becomes what? A tzaddik. Yatzon, we should all be zocheh. To a year full of beracha and hatzlacha. And we should all remember to say the famous letter tomorrow on Ere Pesach or Shimshim Astropolia where he had a famous dream and they came to him in the dream and told him that every year, once a year, this letter should be said, preferably on Erev Pesach. It's a pirush on the Aseret Makot, the Ten Makot. And if you say that, it's a huge segula. All the Gedolim, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, Rabbi Moshe Sternbach, everybody's saying this letter. And you're at Son, if you're Zohit, to say this letter. Tomorrow afternoon, Shabbat afternoon, is a long afternoon. Everybody should say that. It's a huge segula afterwards to pray. To pray for what you need. Just another thing, make sure the night of the, the Seder, the Rambam says that before we get to the Seder, Rekana ben Shoel, this is when the son, literally means the son asks the father the four questions, says the explanation, Aruch HaShulchan, that we're all sons, we're all sons to Hashem. This is the time, Kana ben Shoel, before you start Manash just stop for 30 seconds, everyone around the table should pray for whatever they need that year. And it's a huge segula at that time to pray for when you need, Yeratzon Yishu 
to all the Barachot that Ketuvot B'Torah, which is okay to the real Cherut, and real Geulah Shleimah. Mashiach Tzidkenu, B'merabi Amenu, Amen.